to Professor Forever. I am the Professor Forever. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day or evening to listen to my art. It has been a while since I have done a poetry feature and I was craving performing my work. And so here we have it. When I first started performing poetry in Chicago in the 90s, Jason Pettis said to me before my first feature, you should try to do a little old stuff, a little new stuff, and then some familiar pieces in the middle. That is what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do poetry that stretches from the 90s until last month. I hope you enjoy it. Very nice read aloud. When she saw Sue Hoare, I mean when Lisa saw her, something must have meant to brew there, drew her to her TV rendezvous with her, made her wonder why she wore what she wore, if she snored, and why her lines just had to have her say, I'll come for the kids, instead of I've come for the children. For all of one day, Lisa would like to be her sister or brother or someone she had to make fit in somehow or somewhere. Be her comb or her hairbrush or her toothbrush is even better. Be the Kleenex she streaks when she leans a crying cheek in to haunt her with good thoughts about her. When Sue Har saw her, well, that's a different story. Maybe sad or disappointing or boring. Lisa's version suits her better. For Sue Hor knows her, wants her, loves her. The Vindicator, which is the name of my hometown newspaper. My paper route included Higgins Funeral Home, where I saw my dad dead in his favorite suit. Every Monday through Friday at 3.15 p.m., I laid the Vindicator to rest in the black mailbox that creaked like the coffins inside. Then I pulled my paper sack down the scented hallway to the water fountain for the living people. 
I'd tiptoe tennis shoes soft up to each exhibit and stare at the black fingernails of men and peeling lipstick of women who didn't have time to primp. Occasionally, there was a funeral alive in the building. That meant Mr. Higgins, who lived upstairs, embalmed and bottled bodies downstairs, and monitored dirges on the floor between. He'd rub my sweaty ten-year-old bangs with a fish-cold hand that stank like flowers. I balked and walked away, remembering my dad's hair, parted on the wrong side forever. I just realized that that poem is even older than 90s. I wrote it in the early 80s. Lake. Clenched. I build all night around the morning with you. Woke up, heard the dew cracking down like Rice Krispies on crisp leaves, and had to walk to you, Blue. Lake. Can you smell me on my way like I smell you coming closer? You proudly wave, loudly gave away your stink of roiling guts of fish. Everyone should be so quick to smell naturally exactly what they're made of. Hello, mother. Hello, water. Lake earns the power reserved for so many four-letter words, eating slices of island worlds for breakfast, for better and worse, for corners and bends so important to beaches. Your to-do list is all of nature's business. Your bubbles quibble. They quarrel with hellacious storms, always pushing, always shoving, always wondering aloud, should I north, west, southeastern go? You know, lake mixes up more than sand. It divines human flow. It makes us know what we only thought we know. It grabs moods up, tosses them to, and whips them fro like uncovered hairs where we live this brisk fall. Like you've been small. When it was hard enough for me to hold a thought, I've held you in a sleepy hand against a scuffed bus window. And you've been bigger, Lake, than a late best friend's wave in retrospect. No surprise you ultimately take our breath away, being water and all. Your art, danger contained, massages my heart. Are you nodding or shaking that full blue flat head? Laughing or crying for endlessly trying to wake up the shore? Lying there on your back, glued to any old sky with countless black eyes? Do you see countless wet me's on every crest that floats by? Do you groan, oh, here come the swimmers. They dive in without permission, break my thin skin, and sometimes even drown right inside me. Scenery envies you, Lake. You're the cold center of more attention than trees can rustle up in their best season drama. The leaves are begging the wind to throw them around just so they too can be heard.
You just fidget in your seams, lake, cot, holding buildings at bay, sloshing around in little lapping arguments, constantly licking your chops, spilling and spitting on rocks that in turn lock you in. Unleash your distended beach. And we'll meet again, Lake, inside Sundays, on purpose, for free. Green Haven Memorial. It's universally unpleasant at times to visit Mother. Now, for me, it's only dying to see her. Mom's done. Mom's past. Mom's stashed behind the clutter of time on the unreachable shelf. She and I would have to sacrifice the ultimate now to socialize. A bored nod won't do anymore. Offering to finish an afternoon chore. Only after Mom's a goner Details float up like eight-ball chips. What a perfect, painful, acute angle you made in your useless mobile chair. For that geometry lesson, I'm really glad you're gone. We motherless soon lose touch with that little word mom. Only the first and biggest pronoun of life. It was TV held your eyelids up, not care. Dead mother pains are everywhere. Oh, Scrooge, your lesson was so quick. One night, three ghosts, all better. So sick. I'm jealous of a fictional fellow. Here, posthumous from your issue, me dealing with dealing with the death of you. Plenty of mothers' names aground around this cemetery here, but no daughters but my mother's to be found. Life just goes to show you. Moms are hard to visit everywhere. Staying on that theme, this is a poem that I dedicate to my late friend, Digger. Downtown. When I visit these towns, we all end down. Stories wrap around me like holidays. There are more plot lines laid down here than plots themselves. The plot's a little different for you today, isn't it? You crooked little pieces of what survivors trust. You crooked little pieces of what survivors say. This afternoon, and do you still call it afternoon anymore? Anyway, this afternoon, your long affixed gaze is fixed on a woman with blinks. You remember blinks, don't you? That necessity of life, and also one of its tricks. Your neighbors, the gnats, do not care how long I meditate here. They still dangle headlong into my hair. 
not stopping or caring over your gray blankets like I dare. No matter how long I choose to stay, you outlast me. I walk this trampled green, the all it seems of you, and stumble on the big lost and found. We are not so different, you and me. You two got drunk and ran away. You two played games with cemetery names like this stately Bedablum. You two drove girls to shady places to make out in whatever ways you drove. You two leaned against warm stones which should logically be cold, grabbed your chest and begged your last breath to never, ever leave its hold. Life calls me back. I must wander home, pick out new clothes, and be witness to fashion. But a few blocks away from the gated space in which we met, I hold up a Byron's hot dog of life and dedicate its lettuce tresses to you, Betta Blum, to you, Julia Rose, to you, Jonas Paradise, to you, Joseph Abrams, and all the rest with names long lapped. I'll be back in one, two, three, blink. I'll be back, just wait and see, for I have leaned both toward and against these stones. I have written you poems, and I have called you home, not just home to be. Ultra fuck. We had been to war. I've raped. She's raped me. At least any ultra-red camera humming that night might think. We met late. Obligatorily. Bumping in the dark like two shot stars. I wasn't bowled over. You weren't for me. But liquor knew us both better, didn't she? Two closing time places waggled their hands. Home with the one-night stand or home with the one-night stand we'd swear we never had. Our friend's best intentions threw us both down here, smashing two discordant waves together. We fell on each other, little pink bayonets raised for lack of better battles that summer. We shut eyes for ourselves, not one eye, not one time for each other. It was an ultra-fuck. Your eyes flitted, fell back into your felt hat that spun off your bobblehead head on first come. You come now for me, not for you. Hang submission where you're told. Jam it into my shoe. You may have any length of this fist that you wish. Dance in like a doll. You will have none of my size. You will have none of my poems. You will have none of my eyes. It was an ultra-fuck. Cannons unpacked both first and last time. The dull stake of lonely hearts yanked out. Its last red train streaking by with no break on its tail. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what you think of me, of how, of why, or when. 
All I care is that your head dents this headboard one more time. We're drilling our buddy, the Yenta. Tell all your no ones I'll never meet. I would I was midnight's angry pagan fitted with clenched teeth, fucking and fucking and smashing a troy. My hand imitates the last throes of dead fish when I pull from your crevice. My shirt barely fits on my chest. Damn those who believe two juxtaposed anythings make one worthwhile event. I won't remember you. Just the hat and the fall and knowing I can be like that. Later, you rung up our mutual friend and you asked, Hey, when's our next date? Current pre-spring Bob White midday work break Bob White quilts wait for a winter relapse at the bedfoot provocateurs outside a squeezed accordion of robin talk puffs out and into me like a rose at the desk I am eating it a ripening apple overhearing one incessant talker squawk her details of a winter affair, unaware of foxes in the flocks, unaccustomed to the springing teeth of mewling kits, learning to love the scent of probable robin babies. Dragonflies dangle, gobs of licorice from a 1950s candy store. Each wing vibrates. Wild violets, almost picked by wind in the driveway, tough to catch as dust specks on a slow-poke iris. Dying in great smells, the marsh resort where they hatched. How they thwarted the recent ice isn't clear. Even spring's force can't keep up with this overload of green, the primary color I feel living here, and if not, I would choose to wear because it's so full of go, like me, when I banged on your door, impatient to break down the patient you, your healing of wild mongrels known for miles. Those first cold nights, dueling for one shockingly adequate blanket your butter-mellow hands breaking my addled black-and-white way with season-toppled carafes of color and scent that is now my backyard. The slough of seasons tickles. Wounds of previous falls heal, then dilute themselves in the too girlish swirl of my eyes that take in more than give out accepting the reflection of their own green, swimming up through another's brown pools. I spin giddy in on an eddy where contentment's lazy barge splits the stream that works so hard and I never want to pull all my nature together at once but will do anything to keep basking nowhere near shore. Blick! 
confirms the bird bath. Holy, holy, this water, this sweating horse shoe casino glass. It seems decorated, dedicated only to me. How lucky to still need water. To reach it five steps from want. To anticipate its softness. To not be a cow that can't hold it. To not be an ant that drowns in it. To have an unwithered hand. To know that we are more than three quarters each other. To play games with it. Now I am a messenger run across Rome to bear news of some war. So thirsty I can only daub my lips with water first. Eventually, I tilt my head and throw my arm up like a man who wins and moves his body in a shout at a slot machine. I pour the wet prize and the clear, primal thrill of all goes in. Memory is a time machine. Generally, you reach four or five before you can have one. But some gifts arrive early. At that age, a ball or person or day at the beach crystallizes smoothly. Or a beautiful winter day might evaporate, then materialize on inner scapes. Years later, those surprises can amplify. Green to green on green. If memory gets bumped, new windows break out. When talked about, some people cry. Others roll their eyes. Memory is always broken, and small pieces are difficult to see. Some people hardly use their time machine, but it isn't recyclable. You might be able to hand it down, but it's slippery, especially on slopes. It works best when older, but should not be so old, or it might vanish completely forget how to work. Easiest to use it when you're done with working. You are in mine and I am in yours now. You can't put me out. Thank you so much for listening. Keep thinking. She's got no lessons Professor forever Professor